Hey y'all, and welcome back to our pink couch here at Adore Fertility. I'm Megan. And I'm Dr. Cox. And we're here today to celebrate and talk about Pride Month. Yeah, so we just got to finish celebrating a whole week to kick off this month, which is really awesome. We were lucky to be able to be sponsors for Park Circle Pride, and we're going to be sponsoring um, Charleston Pride downtown with a really fun float. So for those Come who missed out. out last week and all the fun, make sure you're down here at the end of the month to check out the cool floats that are going to be a part of Charleston Pride. It's a really good way to get involved and to get more information yeah. and education out there. Yeah, and just, you know, show support for everybody out there. Yeah, so we're just, our podcast today, we're going to jump right into education and acknowledging some of the challenges out there that this community might be facing when trying to start a family. Absolutely. I mean, we already know that there's lots of advocacy out there, but not nearly enough. Luckily, as the country gets more progressive and hopefully more cities become progressive, education about fertility in this community grows. But as of right now, I feel like it's still hard at times to get the correct information you need, even with Google and everything that's out there. Yeah, so what options do we have available you know, for them? There's actually lots of options, but unless someone goes to a knowledgeable provider, you're not gonna get great answers or you can find all kinds of things on the web and we all know that that can take you down to a rabbit hole because not everything is correct, but there's lots of different options. So ultimately, back to very basic biology, you need a sperm and you need an egg to create a baby. And so men, whether gay males, transgender, you know, anyone that starts out with a testes that's creating sperm is going to need someone that has an egg and have a womb for that embryo to grow in. So for people in that situation, um, you know, there are egg donors available and there are surrogates. Surrogates are people that actually carry a pregnancy for a couple that either can't carry a pregnancy or specifically in these instances for gay males out there um, who want to have a family. And that is an option in regards to females, you know, females were blessed with our uterus and our ovaries. So we have our own womb that we carry with us and yet we need sperm. So there's sperm donors out there to provide us with the sperm to carry a baby but of course in certain couples it depends on who wants to carry because not everyone wants to be pregnant of course and deliver a baby and then they can even use surrogates as well the big thing is that you know you have to have one of each plus an incubator or an oven to get there and that's important when people start to think about family planning in this community because there's lots of things that can affect their ability to produce sperm or to produce eggs later on when they do decide to have a potential family Right. And then there are some folks out there, you know, on hormones and, you know, trying to, you know, gender affirming, gen yeah. gender affirming. Like, how does, does that complicate things in some way for them? So it can. And I think that's the hardest thing. And when we were out there this week when I was talking to a lot of the patients and, you know, people just out in the community about fertility options is some of the biggest challenges for this community is some are on gender transforming and affirming hormones. And because they want to have the look of that female look and want to be as female as possible or want to be as male as possible. And those hormones are used for that reason to really help them identify with that gender, but it can shut down their access. So what I mean by that is for instance, a female who wants to take testosterone supplementation, for instance, when you go on testosterone, it actually shuts down the brain's access to stimulate our natural ovaries. And therefore it can suppress the ovaries. And we do think that long-term testosterone could affect long-term 
term what we call ovarian reserve ovarian life. So the longer you're on the hormone therapy, when you come off of it, how long do you need to be off of it before your eggs actually start to grow again? And that is stuff we just don't have great answers for yet. We're learning more and more as we progress with this community and these types of fertility treatments. But we do know that testosterone affects female patients as the same as estrogen can affect males. Estrogens that are taken, we say exogenously or through pills or patches or whatnot, shut down the brain axis to stimulate the testes and sperm production. So the longer you're on some of these hormones, theoretically, there could be damage to the actual genitals over time. So far, studies have been pretty supportive and positive, showing that we don't see super detrimental effects. But I think the biggest thing with this community and the concern is, is that once you get on these hormones, like you feel so good on them and, and they do, they change your quality of life. It's a great thing to be able to provide. Yet once you get to that point where you're really stable and happy with where you are in your appearance, you don't want to go you off of these for months. Yeah. And so a big part of Adore is trying to get out there and why we sponsored a lot of these events is because I want to get out there and talk to people ahead of time. And we catch people before they go on to the hormones and, and go on to some of these things. Perhaps we can provide them what we say fertility sparing options before they get to a point where they're like, oh gosh, I don't want to come off this now. And I get it. Right. You, yeah. you know, once you feel great and you're, you're finally place, in a good place and then to have to, you know, go back to where you were before might be hard. It can be. I think it can be hard, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. So ultimately, there's lots of options. Even if you're already on hormones out there, you know, it's not all is lost. There are still options to come off. There's, like I said, surrogacy, there's egg donors, there's sperm donors, there's even embryo donors out there. So there's lots of options and it's not a one size fits all. It's just that you have to understand what your options are. And probably if you are interested in ever having your own kids, genetically speaking, you know, you should just see an expert. Come see us, get a consultation, learn firsthand like what options are available and what you would have to do to get to that option, right. whether it's in the short term or the long term. Right. And just where you are in that whole journey of, you know, family planning and everything. Right. I mean, it's like we talked about before. There's a lot of people, females in general, on one of our other podcasts, you know, with fertility preservation, you know, we go through so much of our lives not trying to get pregnant. Um, right. Come yet, to find out then it's like, hey, this is a little bit harder than I thought. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, great. Well, you know, we didn't learn this in birds and bees in biology. And so um, now we kind of feel like we're behind the ball. And so the whole point in education and taking health kind of in your own hands is just to know what options you have so that you don't feel like you got passed by, you know, like you know like what's available for you. And that's the big thing is just taking that dynamic in your own hands so you can learn a little bit more. Well, so why did you decide to get involved in this type of care? Well, I mean, fertility in general, obviously, we love to help people get knocked up, but I'm just kidding, <laughs> joking aside. <laughs> Any which way, it, fertility in general, we like to help people get pregnant and have families because there's lots of people out there that should be parents. Um, and, you know, it's a really fun journey um, for those who want to go on it. But also for this community, I think that, you know, I have a special place in my heart for people that have, you know, struggled with fertility, whether they're single, single patients, single females, males. I've seen a lot in the military, you know, who've put their time on family planning on hold for careers and other things. And so I think that it's just a really important thing. There's a lot of great people out there that can be great parents. And we want to make sure that everyone has those options available. And now 
nowadays we have the techniques available to even preserve fertility early on, you know, in teenage years to early 20s. And so for our, some of our transgender patients and patients that are wanting to get on hormones, just getting the education out there to show what can they do even ahead of time so then they don't have to worry about this in the future. The more education, the more involvement, the more patients we get and can help, hopefully the cost will get lower in the long run for some of this stuff. We'll get more advocacy and we'll get more healthcare coverage for it so that all people. Yeah, can is be any parents. of this covered by insurance? It's a very good question. So, um, you know, it really depends. Again, you know, some of the big companies out there, and I feel like I always advocate for Starbucks, plus, we spend too much money on Starbucks as it is in this practice. But, um, you know, some of the big companies, Starbucks, Google's, Amazon's, the big ones out there are really starting to cover more fertility options. The hard thing is that insurance in general um, approves fertility coverage for people that are infertile, right? And infertile means that you've been having sex and trying to get pregnant for at least six months to a year, depending on your age. And so those are some things that we're having to change in the medical field just in general, as far as being able to code for people to have fertility who do have different types of relationships. Insurance is a big deal. It's really not great coverage for most individuals in the U.S. 90 plus percent of our couples, whether they're in an LGBTQ plus community or if they're heterosexuals, don't have coverage. Advocacy, more education and talking about this more is the only way we're going to get this out there so that we can get more coverage and get the help we need to get the rights that everyone deserves to be a parent. We're here all the time. If you have any questions, you know, you can always send us a comment or a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Obviously, Pride is more than just June, so. Yeah, it's not just a you month. You know, it's not just a month, it's all the time. And we're always here for you. Yeah, make a consult. Make if you guys consult, have questions, comments, make some comments for us. Um, we can answer it in our next podcast or feel free to make an initial consult. We'll go over all of this with you. We'll give you all your options. So at least you know where you stand, whether you're ready to do this sooner or later or even never, but it's good to know. You have our support. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And if you make some great comments on our Instagram, I might even put out a video of Megan, our nurse <laughs> practitioner, riding the riding shark, that shark out there at Nipitati, Nipitati. Nipitati, uh during Pride Week. I promise you won't be disappointed. <laughs> so we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining.